it's the end of the year. Well, I think this is the end of the year. My one of my kids was asking me if it was uh, still fall this morning, and I said, "Oh yeah, it, it isn't." It's, Whoa, no, it's winter. We're we're all into winter here, which is uh, it's a phenomenon. It's it's uh, it's rainy, it rains a lot here now, but. You know, we were thinking of some episodes we need to do for the end of the year, and I think I think we agreed we'll do a. Uh, uh, I never I never thought this would happen to me that I would say this, but we're going to do an AMA. That's an ask me anything, and so here's what we we need. Here's what we would like. Here's what could be your pleasure. If if you you are a listener, you should somehow tell us uh, questions that you have. Now, there's all sorts of ways to contact us. You could just go to Slack. And go to the Software Defined Talk channel. If you go to softwaredefinedtalk.com/slack, you can uh, get in there. And uh, I don't know, do like hashtag AMA and put a question. And we'll is that We're is that what, it up as we go? Is that what people do? And then uh, and then and then, or you could send that to us on Twitter. We'll see what we can find. And uh, if you listen to other things that I do, you probably know what my email address is. But right, well, Coach, well, I think we should go one step further and say, if anyone yes. is ambitious enough to record an MP3 of their question, send wow. it to oh, send wow. it to us, and we'll 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 play the question and then answer it. So yeah, don't because I feel like this requires some effort, and I would never do it. I feel like we're only going to get a few, so that's great. If we get a hundred thousand, or you know, that would be great too. But we'll definitely pick a couple. So just make it, you know. Try to make yeah. it relatively short, uh, and uh, you know, in in uh, in tone with the, it. What what should say? Uh, a tone that matches the show. So whatever that means to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think I think if you if you if you can manage to do some editing, so it sounds like that whirling tape thing <laughs> that Colonel Kurtz does in Apocalypse Now. Like that would be great. Yeah. Just kind of like. The... I was gonna say it's too hard to make them all edit. Just 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 if you can just give us some generally decent MP3 audio, we can probably give us your. You're tight 30 minutes and Brandon will edit it down. <laughs> that's right. Or yeah, or send us an entire podcast that's really good. And maybe I will throw it in here, you know? If it's... Now, now, careful. This is this is how I got replaced as the uh, host of the food fight. You oh. know, we, we, uh, Nathan Harvey kept sending in like pre-recorded news for us. And uh, eventually I was like, now that you work at Chef, uh, it's your job. <laughs> oh, nice. So if anybody... If anybody wants to, you know, we did that last week. Host. We didn't talk about it, but we gave a little. We we did a little drop in episode, as as the podcast people say, of drunken retired. So hopefully, people enjoyed hearing the crew over there. Uh, if not, then you know, sorry about that. But you know, thanks for listening anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know everyone's. Before we get into, we got. I think we have got a couple of fun news items here. We'll see if we get to them. Uh, but I do. I know everyone's been wondering. What's going up with my iPad lifestyle now? Oh, yeah. I finally, you won't be able to see it because I haven't figured out streaming video, but I have, I have the iPad here and you can see I got it's the, like I know now just <laughs> hold on. I got, so, I, I got the magic case thing with it. Oh, you see, and you like got an iPad kind of here, fun. keyboard. Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah, nice. Cote is holding up his, la his laptop back. with his keyboard. The, this isn't the standard Apple keyboard. It looks like it's a different one. No, no, this is the this is the keyboard. Oh, that that's comes the one. Oh, the... I see. Wow, it looks yeah. kind of. Is it fragile? It kind of looks fragile from a distance here. No, no. I mean, not really. It seems. I mean, I'm. Not, I don't. I'm not going to test it. Uh, it looks but... like a Chromebook. <laughs> yeah, and then I got the new pencil, and that's nice. And and it's uh, it's it, this is like the twelve and a half inch one, uh, which I think. Coach, is, is any a... regrets <laughs> for not waiting on the new MacBook Air M1? Are you still no, iPad? no, no. 
because I want to live the iPad lifestyle. You see, yeah, I, I've been it's not the lifestyle. Yeah. And and I and I feel like I I put a lot of thought in a lot of thought. I've I have thought about like you know this as you, as you said it just kind of looks like a laptop except it's not. And uh, I don't know. I'm still I'm still holding strong on the theory that like I want less stuff. Well, and, your and your so, like, your iPad I'll, lifestyle is bigger than my wife's laptop, so she's got the 11 inch Air. Yeah, and yeah. So you know your your iPad lifestyle is when when they come out with the 15 inch, you know the the iPad Pro. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I don't know, be... Coach. Like, in keeping with your uh, your belief, what did what did you say last week? Like, you just if you don't want to learn something new. I don't. know, Someone quoted you in Slack. I can't oh, remember yeah. what it was. If I don't know it already, I don't want to learn it. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I'm kind of like I, I think maybe I'm trying to channel a little bit. Of that I think that MacBook Air looks perfect. That MacBook Air looks like actually the iPad I've always wanted. And the reviews yeah. I've read are pretty fantastic. So I think yeah. I'm going backwards. In fact, I have this nice old iPad Pro and I was like, I think I need to sell this. I just, I can't get on the iPad life cycle, a lifestyle. Oh, wow. I fell off that bike a, a while ago. Yeah. I, I hear you. I hear you. Now, now I've got a few notes. I'm going to go over them quickly. I mean, the, my, my review period might last a couple of years, so I won't have a definitive uh, stance here, but one, uh, it doesn't have a headphone jack. I, I didn't, I didn't think about that, but that's, Oof. you know, whatever. Whatever you know what this means, I just I'm using my I'm I'm all pro. I got my AirPods Pro. I'm I'm pro up in here, so that's 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 good. I like that, and uh, uh, I like the keyboard is really nice. Like it's it's actually like I've used it for several days now. It's actually kind of nice to have a uh, all-in-one iPad keyboard thing. Like you can Alt Tab. What they don't say Alt anymore, but you can Command Tab through things and. And uh, here's here's a fun little thing, you know, on on Mac OS, you do uh, do they say command or Apple command, right? You can do a command H to hide a window. You do the same thing on your iPad. But guess what? The H stands for home. It goes to the home screen. See? Yeah. Whoa, funny. Magic. Huh? Magic. And, uh, you know, also like the other thing with keys, I've never really used a keyboard with an iPad. But if you like hold down the command key, like all the apps bring up this little window that tell you the keys you can use with it. And uh, I keep bobbing my head around, which is odd. But, uh, I, I, you know, I do video editing in LumaFusion, which uh, I, I've been doing on the iPad. It's, it's very nice. It's good stuff. So I don't know. I, so far, it's good. And I Did think you the make, pencil Have you made a Tanzu well. Daily on the, on the new iPad yet? Yeah, yeah. I've made two, maybe All three. Right. All right. So everyone yeah. should go, uh, go check it out, see if they can find a difference between the pre-iPad Tanzu Daily and the post-iPad Tanzu Daily. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, you you have those those deep listeners. They're like, whoa! It's like a director. 17. Like, don't, don't directors sometimes move between film and digital? Like, maybe it'll be that kind of yeah. transition uh, yeah. to be like, this is Cote in the digital period. His iPad period was totally different. Yeah, it was a restoration yeah, I, of his beliefs from a, a time forgotten. You know, while we're doing the Turner Classic Movies movies overview, you know, I did. I did all those little videos back on my paternity leave on my iPhone. So those uh, those may have a similar quality. I don't know. We'll see. I need to figure, you know, if anyone has any recommendations, here's here's what I need. And then and then I can ongoing go over some iPad reviews in our life. <laughs> but I, I I need some like some like photo editing app on the iPad. And just don't tell me Photoshop. That's because whatever. But I, I I need like the photo editing software that like fits for my life, which is like I want to preview is pretty good, right? Preview does most everything that I want, 
But for example, I just want to be like, here's a picture of me. I want to cut it out, you know, like magically crop. select me. Yeah, and I want to crop out just me so everything's transparent. And then I want to put that that transparent cutout of me on top of another photo. And Dude, you know, MS Paint, man. Back to you your know, roots. I what know, about I know. what and, about Lightroom? Isn't that the one the 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 photo people use? Lightroom? Yeah, that's Adobe you, Lightroom. You, there, there's got to be some sort of you know iPad yeah, native thing. Yeah, but and that here, is, I thought that was. I, I don't know. Is yeah, that Photoshop? Did I just give you the Photoshop answer after you didn't here, want and, it? And here, here's here's the thing. Here's this is why I'm asking because like just with your reaction, I feel like why do, isn't this just a thing that you can get? And I have looked at like five to ten apps over the past year. And I'm just like, I just want to do a simple thing. I want to, I want to cut out uh, my face in one picture and move it to another picture. And I challenge you because I want to know the answer to find an app <laughs> that makes that really easy. I don't right? Know. Or, right. or, or just, and I also just want to do some titles. Right. And anyways, I've come across these before, but I always forget them because these kind of apps always have like, you know, you got to have a $40 a year subscription for them, which just blows my mind. But I think maybe like PixArt does it. I don't know. Something. Or Pixelmator. It's very confusing. But that's 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 the listener challenge. I need to find an app that uh, that does does that so I can make my wacky thumbnails. But but that's all going fine. Now, uh, like I said, the other I'll just say one last thing, even though I said it was going to be a last thing is there's this thing called scribble where you can like write with the pencil and it converts it to text and it works really well. It's kind of amazing. It's, it's no more, uh, you know, what was it? Eat up Martin. No more take a yes. note on your Newton sort oh, of situation. Man. So we're, we're beyond that. And also if you, if you write in notes, you can select it and, uh, it'll do like handwriting to text, uh, nice. in the notes app. Hey, it's me. This episode is brought to you by Teleport. Teleport is built by engineers for engineers and provides consolidated access to all computing resources such as servers, Kubernetes clusters, or internal applications across all environments. Teleport is quick to implement, easy to use, and allows you to secure your infrastructure such as servers, application, and data, gain complete visibility into access and behavior ensure compliance with security requirements watch a demo download the free version or sign up for cloud at goteleport.com again that's goteleport.com and of course thanks to teleport for sponsoring our show now i'm glad we have this topic here because i only read a little bit about ibm acquiring instana however i did come across some 451 research which i, I had some some uh let, let me let me let me summarize this four five one research stuff. So I mean, it's you know it's a monitoring, logging, systems management, whatnot company, and uh, I I you know I used to work with this guy Brennan who writes this stuff, and he was funny. The, let me summarize what he wrote. He was like, "Boy, there's a lot of monitoring companies out there, and <laughs> uh, and and also uh, basically companies you know enterprises who use this, they just install everything because like they're hoping something yep. works." Yep. <laughs> yeah. Which now, that is not commentary on <laughs> on Instana or anything. It's just the state of yeah, the state yeah, of monitoring, the monitoring like, world. Which was, uh, but it's hard not to do like a callback here to Tivoli, right? I was trying to think of like what really I don't know what I lo love your opinion, Cote Matt. Like I don't know what is the company that kind of kicked off this 
monitoring agent kind of thing. So I think of Tivoli in my mind, probably because I'm US based and live here in Austin. So, you know, you can't help but think of like, okay, this is IBM, if you will, trying to just go back to the well, have another great experience like Tivoli. I think Tivoli is, was a huge success inside of IBM as an acquisition. So I think that would be, you know, what they're trying to recreate here. Is there somebody are, are they even before that? Well, I mean, my my understanding from talking to John Willis over the years, who was a big Tivoli third party contractor person before he was Mr. Dimming, uh, was was it was Tivoli was big, and also our old friend Patrol. Both of those oh, were yeah. like very very big into like my I don't know if this is true, but my my um, Hagiography is that is that, or is that about? Admiral Haig in the Nixon administration. Hagiography. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, is basically that like everything was kind of cool and probably CA was doing really awesome and BMC and everyone. And then all of a sudden like Windows becomes really big in the 90s and is everywhere. And then you just got like Wintel is everywhere and it's just like the first sprawl of uh, that we know of. And it's just like madness. And well, so there's there's a whole, whole new market opportunity and just like we got to monitor this stuff. And then then you, there you go. You get agents. You get your patrol agent. You get your Tivoli agent, and uh, then you go to town and you start monitoring that. But yeah, right. Willis was Willis was always telling me that like the uh, he would go in with Tivoli installs and he'd talk with people who are running patrol and he'd be like, "Now let me get this right. I have to go with a CD to every single machine I want to install this on," <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and that opened the door for for config management. Yeah, see, it's it's a vicious cycle. It is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, just for, to answer Matt's question, here. So the the news was, uh, I don't know. I, I always say Instana, Instana. I don't know. Maybe that's the first thing I need to learn how to say it. Instana. Well, they're German, so, um, so raised a total of fifty-seven million, according to uh, Crunchbase. So, you know, if we do our you know, ten times revenue kind of thing. It's like, well, if they were at that level, that premium, that would be five, and they would have been acquired for five hundred seventy million. A couple of things about the announcement that I noticed. Like one, they didn't announce how much money IBM spent. So that leads us to believe it's, you know, IBM, at least in its finance people, feel like it's not material to the the earnings going forward. Otherwise they would normally come out and say that. So I think that means it's sub one billion, right? I mean I think if anything over a billion oh, for yeah. sure. And maybe it's significantly less, right? Um, yeah. I feel like install. Oh, I mean, when was their last round of funding, right? Um, so you can kind of re- read those tea leaves and get an idea. Like, was this company kind of just kicking along, and you know, hey, we'll pick these guys up, tuck it into our product portfolio, you know, or or, or were they, you know, taken off like a rocket and they wanted to get them on the upswing? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I would have said th- so. They are on a Series C. Um, and you know, I'll, I'll try to figure out like exactly when the last time they did it. So, so they're definitely not young by, at least by funding rounds, but I don't know. My perception, which may be wrong, was that the company was generally still on the upswing and this isn't like, you know, kind of selling out because they've lost money, but that may be wrong. Cause it's not, it's not a huge premium. The other thing I noticed in the announcement is that the person quoted from IBM is a senior vice president in the cloud and data platform for IBM. So the only reason that matters is that Red Hat was not mentioned at all. So this clearly seems to be, I know Red Hat and IBM are like, you know, one company, but kind of two different, you know, brands, but it does seem like this has clearly been bought by the, I would call it the data platform side of IBM. And so that means to me that they're going to run this as a standalone business, 
you know, a little bit of Datadog envy probably that everyone has going and they're going to try to go out and if Datadog's worth, I don't know what it is today, 25 billion. They probably made the case in their business case that like, hey, we can go out and build some multi-billion dollar uh, business or, around and or, or even protect their accounts, right? Because if you go into the enterprise, you know, they have a software budget. <laughs> and if you're IBM, you can say like, no, 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 don't pay Datadog. You know, we can... You know, yeah. we can keep them out of this account by, you know, giving you this Instana, even if they're not making much money, it's, you know, they're getting the old, a bigger uh, slice of that pie. Yeah, re-roll some ELAs here. We throw Instana and, you know, try to get, exactly. get that data dug. So th- that makes sense. I mean, I guess it was just, I would have, I think another thing you could have seen if it had been done by Red Hat, we could say, well, maybe this is sort of like them trying to build out, like, you know, Google bought Stackdriver a while ago and it's like, hey, they yeah, want to have monitoring. Yeah. But that doesn't seem like, it seems like it's going to be a standalone business run inside the IBM brand. I would think it's going to be its own, you know, P&L, its own product going forward. And it does seem like kind of the number will be, you know, at IBM and like all these companies, when you, the more that the acquisition is, it means the larger your uh, justification has to be to like do it. So <laughs> yeah. nobody wants if, to take if on. If it had been big, they would have slapped Kubernetes in, in the press release. Yeah. Well, you just know, because this is back to like 57 million. So we speculated maybe it's a couple hundred million, maybe it's 500 million, but you know, that kind of number, as you were getting to, Matt, it's like you kind of make the case, oh, we re-roll some ELAs and we package it with our current customers and we use our existing Salesforce. We can probably make that money back pretty quick versus like when you have to take on like a multi-billion dollar acquisition, it means you signed up for a huge number. And that would uh, mean a lot of career risk for anyone that signed up for it at IBM. So, you know, interesting to see what it is. But I don't know, maybe be interested. We'll see if people comment in the Slack if, you know, Istana is like still on the way up or is it sort of plateaued? Because I can't say I've heard a lot about it. So maybe I'm just kind of... <laughs> yeah, re- I can't say I've heard of them, but I've never heard of them. No, no, I've heard of them. I've heard of them, but I don't hear about people using them as much as I hear about Datadog and some of the others. I think I just like, oh, Istana, it's like cool name. Sounds like it does cool stuff, but maybe everyone's using it. I don't know. I, that part, I don't know. I just don't see, see them nearly as much as Datadog. It's got distributed tracing. Oh, that, that's that's catnip. I wonder how they. I wonder how they. I wonder how they do that. Distributed tracing is always fun to see how people, uh, uh, throw throw an agent or a sidecar into all your stuff and yeah, you know, yeah, start. yeah. That's true. Yeah, I guess. I guess that you know, if if you do think Kubernetes does add a, a interesting new ways to do distributed tracing, because yeah. uh, I mean the problem is always like distributed tracing is easy if the trace you want is identified with a GUID at every step that you can collect data. And and then, you know, that almost creates like a problem with the value of the services. Like once that problem is solved, it will no longer be a valuable company to build around it. <laughs> so so exactly. like exactly as, as and then, long you, as, then it just becomes a feature, right? It becomes yeah, yeah, a feature yeah, yeah. of I, the IBM experience, right? Right, right. And but but it's clearly a very difficult thing to uh commoditize, I mean, for obvious reasons, because everyone customizes everything up and no, I should that's a weird way of putting it. Because stacks of software from from server up to pixels are always kind of slightly different and off, especially once you get into the the middleware and the application layers. So it's hard to uh, enforce one way of doing it. That's the history of of startups, right? Is, I mean, very rarely, well, very rarely, a lot of times what you are is a complementary feature to something bigger, right? And so right now there are a ton of startups out there that are, probably things that Cote looks at Kubernetes and says, I thought it already did that. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, oh. and so, you know, there are people who are like, I'm going to flip my Kubernetes networking, Kubernetes storage driver, Kubernetes, you know, uh, identity access management. Right. And 
that's you know probably half the acquisitions we're going to see from the likes of you know IBM and Microsoft are going to be features. <laughs> yeah. All right, just yep, to give yeah. you a little real-time feedback here, uh, Matt, you asked a good question earlier. So the the Series C raise for Astana was September, at least announced September 26, 2018. So I don't know. We'll just call that two years ago, two and a half years ago. Uh, and that's what that's what brought them to a total of $57 million. So, you know, so clearly they probably were. They either have to sell or raise a Series D or they'd have to be profitable from operations, which would be very unlikely, right, in this, in this kind of situation. So I don't know. Maybe... You know, maybe now I'm, I'm thinking maybe they more they are a little bit on the down on the downswing versus either that or they or the tried platform. to raise money platform. and people are like, we'll just buy yeah. you. So yeah, because they're they're probably I mean they're they're SaaS, they're a SaaS so let's assume that they've got that ARR flywheel so you know they're probably not on the downswing as much as you know probably the growth has slowed plateauing. You know, so we should say they're in the uh, the plateauing phase, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have yeah, to like, but... just quickly running through the thing. I mean, th- this reminds me of like, so today someone's starting a monitoring company, I'm sure. So congratulations, because they keep getting bought. So I guess that <laughs> makes sense. But like when I read through just these cases, it's just, I mean, it's, I feel like monitoring companies are like hit songs. Like nobody really knows why one gets bought and others don't, because they say everything the same. Like this is it. Application performance monitoring, application performance analysis, root cause analysis, distributed tracing. And then, you, of course, they have APM for containers, APM for microservices. Like literally there are the th- like probably 20 other websites that have all of this same exact copy on it, almost identical. So I don't know. I kind of come back to, and again, congratulations to Astana. And of course, like I've only wor- worked at one of these systems management companies. I got bought all the other ones I've worked at have not gone well. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why. I mean, I always but, thought it was kind yeah, of, uh, but we know, but we know I, that the, the space is like, what are you doing? It's like this time we're doing it in green. I know right? it's always the same. It's just always break out your S and P and you know, pull back your data. And you're, oh, yeah. It's just I don't know. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I think you know having having they, they got some nice PDFs and some uh, overviews on their blog of of high level overview of how things work. And I think I think to 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 add to this, it's the same old thing in a good way. Is just like as we're fond of saying when it comes to innovation in. Uh, systems management and monitoring it usually happens at startups and big companies acquire them that's just the way yeah. stuff works Mon- and Mon- so yeah. i i think i think here we have some uh some innovation in doing our our favorite thing monitoring and whatnot in uh in kubernetes stuff and that's great they they did and now and and then and then to the to the 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 rye tone we have about all of this is like you can't just say in the press release like yeah they monitor Kubernetes stuff, and we needed that, so we bought it, right? Like you gotta, you gotta, you gotta spice it up a little bit. But that that's fun. Let, well, I'll, well, I don't know. Maybe I'll look at those PDFs when I have the day off tomorrow. We'll see. Today's show is sponsored by StrongDM. Working from home, managing a gazillion SSH keys, database passwords, and Kubernetes certs. Meet StrongDM. Manage and audit access to servers, databases, and Kubernetes clusters, no matter where your employees are. StrongDM, easily extend your identity provider to manage infrastructure access. Automate onboarding, offboarding, and moving people within roles with the click of a button. Trusted by companies like Hearst, Peloton, and SoFi to manage access, you have more control and less hassle. StrongDM, manage and audit remote access to infrastructure. Start your free 14-day trial today at strongdm.com SDT, all uppercase. Again, that's strongdm.com SDT. No credit card required. And of course, we thank StrongDM for sponsoring our show. 
So you you were watching some of the KubeCon stuff, right, Brandon? Is that I right? I did. I watched the keynotes yesterday. So Wednesday's keynotes, I watched them all. It was, well, it was quite the experience. Well, let let me let me I, I looked at the CNCF survey and maybe maybe we'll save that for another time to go over. We or we'll see what happens. But it, I think it was it was an interesting survey. I'm just going to give my brief little thing. One, as as hopefully uh, listeners know, the first thing you should do with the survey is go, especially these kind of surveys, go look at the demographics. And I forget the exact amount, but there's a significant amount of people from the tech industry. Uh, versus like uh, other industries, <laughs> versus right, right. agriculture hitting up on the Kubernetes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 uh, uh, I should have brought this up, but you know, there, there's because I read another. I also read the Puppet DevOps report uh, thing somewhere, and they also have it's less from tech industry, but like, anyways, it doesn't invalidate anything. There's no my hair is a bird situation with your demographics, but like, it it, it does, especially with the CNCF one. When you read through it depending on what you want to be true or not, it allows you to kind of run away from or run towards uh, those things, right? So, uh, you know, I think there's there's some great findings in there that are interesting, especially when it comes to um, uh, dilemmas and blockers and stuff that people have. That's always interesting. But just keep in mind when you read it that there's a significant chunk of people who uh, uh, are tech people versus like, you know, I don't know, a bank. There's a lot of bank people. Banks are second, I think. And uh, banks, banks are where it's at, though. Like, you know, they're going to have all your monitoring tools. They're going to have every tech. Oh, yeah. they're, they're big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, to put it in another way, uh, you know, maybe, maybe this isn't always the case, but when I see tech company, I treat that as like, boy, I've almost forgotten your, uh, your early majority and early minority what what are the two things above the cliff you got you got like the you got like the early crazy. adopters okay your early adopters yeah. you got your uh, early majority late majority and laggards yeah yeah right yeah but there isn't there's there's two things two whatever it is but you've got you know tech companies usually are like uh willing to try out new things and uh go for it more than others but it's it's a it's a it's a fine survey to uh look through also i'll just say the the puppet devops one uh there's a lot going on in that one too. That one's kind of interesting. But Brandon, what what uh, what'd you see from the the KubeCon? All right. Well, first I must go back and correct myself on uh, you know crossing the chasm. So it's uh, innovators is first, early adopters is second, then the chasm, early majority, I knew it. late majority, and then laggard. So I think I missed uh, innovators, who I think you were just alluding to is probably that's what tech companies uh, were. So yeah. Yes, oh, I, and 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 here mm-hmm. you go. It's it's the CNCF thing. Fifty six percent came from software slash technology organizations, so that's a big well, amount. But again, well, I mean, it's fine. It's a self selecting group. It's cloud native, right? No, 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 no. I, I, no, no, no. And and I, I only and and again, I'm not. I, I'm not trying to be all like. No one needs to tweet at us about like you know how how things are cool because it's cool, but or me, <laughs> but but like. But it's it's important for things like if if because uh, I was reading through this and I know I'm interrupting you, Brandon, but I was thinking like, oh, you know, I, I can imagine using this like, you know, container adoption has risen by 80 percent, you know, when you're trying to get people to buy your stuff. But like you got to be cautious because it's like among tech companies, a lot of that, you know, it's like the demographics are not quite the same if I go to like an agriculture company i'm like container adoption is way up and they're like i I don't know buddy in agriculture maybe not but so it's uh it's it's good to look through it that way but i think it also like helps you understand more uh of uh 
I don't know. I, but yeah. what about, you know, on this, they flashed up, one of the things they flashed up at KubeCon in the Red Hat session, they flashed up commits by like the different companies. So obviously number one's independent. We don't know anything about that. So a couple that, a lot of them you'll recognize, but a couple that uh, surprised me, uh, Target was was there on the list, which I thought was interesting. Nike, mm-hmm. would you expect them to, to be on there? I don't know. Uh, Nordstrom's, or Nordstrom rather, is on there. And then Walmart. So all fairly large companies, I, I assume, are building out pretty significant uh, e-commerce platforms. And then the rest are all like, you know, Lyft, Uber, Spotify. You'd expect all yeah, of those yeah, as yeah. well. So, yeah. I, so maybe yeah. the one thing and, that and we can each, change on there each, is that some of I the mean, old... Each old, of those companies has... Uh, they send a lot of people to DevOps Days talks too. So yeah. they, get, they get the staff for it. So there is. So there's maybe a couple names that you maybe wouldn't immediately jump to mind, but um, when you think about it, it does make sense. And so... And then, yeah, so just on CNCF, so I did go to the virtual show. I um, have really only been attending kind of the hyperscalers, quote-unquote, AWS, Azure, Google, VMware. I know you're not. Um, yeah, I've been kind of going to those keynotes. So this was a little different, right? It's kind of the first open source, kind of more generalized conference. So they had the uh, kind of this virtual lobby. Now, they, they did struggle a little bit. They had quite a bit of kind of buffering issues. So they, I think they had 20,000 <laughs> people on the live stream. Wow. And so the way it worked was um, because, like, you know, when you watch, like, a, a vendor do it, now this makes sense to me because I hadn't really thought about it, but you think about it. It's like a vendor, uh, all the vendor videos I've seen this year are generally very well done. You know, Apple leading the way, but, you know, the VMware one, they, um, I'm sure the AWS one will be good. Um, all of those have been really good, but they're just, like, watching one consistent video. Now, what they had to do here was they essentially uploaded your, your video talk to the system and then they would play the videos from all the different places. So there's kind of like this point where like it just stops and then sometimes the video would stop buffering, but we're like literally all watching it through this kind of event platform. So it was a little, you know, at times it kind of got a little, um, you know, I guess over buffered, overloaded, but generally you could watch it. Um, the other one, I do think this conference more than others probably, you know, I'm sure everyone wants their conference to be, you know, in person together, but so much of this is about different people presenting from different companies talking about updates across, you know, a variety of different projects. So this one seems, I think, especially difficult to do virtually just because you have so mm. many different uh, people coming. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, mostly I read the, the, the <laughs> I read the follow-ups and wait for the, the YouTube videos. It's just too much. So, so speaking of doing things virtually, let's take a little pause because Matt has to take his kids to school which as always reminds me, I'm sure I've told it of my favorite David Tell joke, you know, some, <laughs> some people, some people call it drunk driving and I call those people the cops, but those kids got to get to school. So anyways, uh, he hasn't been drinking as far as I can tell though. No, it's coffee. of course not. Of course not. <laughs> but what, let's just, so that you can take off Matt Ray, what is your recommendation for this week? Oh, uh, so yeah, I've, I've been rewatching, uh, the series Veep. Uh, which ended uh, a few t- a year ago, two years ago, um, which, you know, in, in today's uh, political climate is refreshing because everyone's a terrible person. And uh, but it's it's highly uh, hilarious. So if you haven't gotten a chance to watch VP yet, um, you'll learn some new uh, cursing and uh, how uh, politics works. So that's my recommendation for this week. That's one. That one's solid. All right. We'll get those kids to school, Matt. All right. So, Brandon, <laughs> back to the KubeCon. Yeah, so uh, what I was saying on on the KubeCon thing is, uh, yeah, so you know they kind of did a bunch of different videos, which were you know interesting to watch, but obviously it's a little bit disjoint. Um, 
So I think overall it was, you know, a very good effort. I cannot imagine how much work that went on. But like I said before, I think a conference like this probably suffers more from not being in person than some of the others. Now I will say a couple quick things though. They had the virtual uh, trade show floor, right? And I was like, I haven't been to one of these in a while. So I was like, this will mm. be interesting. And so um, what you do is you just basically clicked in each uh, little uh, sponsor and they would, they put out like PDFs, they could have videos, you could chat with them, which, you know, frankly, that was just like, eh, just fine. You know, I, most of that stuff probably on the website wasn't necessarily used, but they did. Many of the vendors offered some free swag, virtual swag. And so the popular things were uh, virtual backgrounds and some stuff like that. But I will give two shout outs here. Mm-hmm. One, the ones I thought were the best, uh, Red Hat has a coloring book, a whole basically IT coloring book. So it's, I just think it's kind of funny. I actually just put that one in the software defined talk Slack because it didn't require any lead gen. So check out the coloring book. Like you can book. print it out? Absolutely. It's a full long coloring book built around different, you know, phases of IT management and things like that. So it's just, I don't know. I've just never seen it. And so uh, <laughs> someone referred to the penguin as the OG penguin, uh, Colonel Penguin, because uh, he, if you do, do the wrong thing, the Colonel Penguin takes away your rights. And it's, uh, it's very funny because he is like a dog and stuff. So I think you just need to check it out. I don't know. I haven't seen a coloring book. I think maybe I heard about it once or twice, but I don't have you ever, have you ever given away a coloring book, Kote? Have you ever seen that done before? No, I, I can't say that I've ever given away a coloring book. Have I seen one? I don't think so. That's, that's pretty good. I mean, that famously the only thing somewhat of that is like, you know, Kubernetes for bedtime kids storybook. Was it Microsoft who put that out a while ago? Or was yeah, that, a, that was the Kubernetes I forget. One, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was good. But now the best, I will give best swag to our friends at IBM. Uh, they did a great job giving away O'Reilly books. So you could uh, basically just log in and get three different O'Reilly books were really good. So I don't know. Anytime I can get some like free stuff like that. So in fact, uh, Dan put the link in the software defined talk Slack. So you do have to lead gen yourself. So that one, I'm not, I won't just like slap that in there. Cause I respect, I respect a man's need to, to lead gen. So if you want it though, that's actually a really good g- giveaway. And so, um, and then there was a bunch of other stuff, like a lot of virtual backgrounds seem to be like the most, like, if you will, that's like the squishy ball cliche. It's like everyone was giving away some type of virtual background of their, product service geographic location so if you're in a lot of zoom meetings i guess you know you have a few more backgrounds to yeah to do it so so overall that's a good idea yeah overall i'd say interesting i mean i'm trying to think of what what are some things to talk about there the big thing that i heard them announce at the very beginning was new certifications i don't know kote where do you come down on certifications I, i'm sort of i have like a moving opinion but if you want more com- kubernetes certifications they're available i think the new one they talked about was security so i'm sure that will be exciting uh apple yeah. gave a quick uh talk so apple of course using uh, they were using mesos so there you go i always wondered who uses mesos they were using it and they explained how they're moving to kubernetes uh and then a bunch of cncf project updates i gotta be honest like that part was pretty dense so it's like there was falco theranos or thanos rather rook vitness and a couple others so it's like if you know those projects well you probably really cared about it i can't say i knew it enough to like really figure out like why they're important and then the final one I watched was our friends from ByteDance. Byte uh, I thought they would talk about TikTok, but they didn't. They have this Volcano Cloud product that they were talking about. So I was excited for them to like maybe do some type of TikTok call out, but that didn't happen. So overall, keynotes were fun. There's a bunch of things that will be available online. It probably is the kind of conference that you can consume once they put all the videos on YouTube. That will probably be the fastest, easiest way to do it. 
And if you care about those projects, there was a ton of information about, you know, the various maintainers and things like that. So check out all the stuff at CNCF. Yeah, there you go. Virtual, uh, virtual trade floor. That's good stuff. Yeah. I, I saw there's all sorts of news around that to, uh, announcements and people to, to wade through. So, so that's, that's fun. So, uh, uh, what was my dog has been distracting me. She's got terrible breath. You ever have that problem dog with bad breath? It's hard to figure out what to do about that. I can't even get my kids to brush their teeth thoroughly, much less, let alone a dog. Yes. Very difficult. Yeah. Yeah. That's no good. Well, uh, I had, I had, I had a, uh, uh, a, 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 Seemingly, I was in our nonsense section, but you know we make reference to this Matt Iglesias guy every now and then, and he uh, he launched his own Substack newsletter, and I, I I have you have you looked at this yet? I just know of it. I haven't like subscribed or anything. Is it good? Bad? Like what is your opinion? so I I I have two things to say. I mean, one, sure, if you like his stuff, it's good, right? You can pay eighty dollars. It's eighty dollars a year and get like everything, which. I'm, I'm, I, I paid for that instantly because I like I like this guy. He's fun. And uh, I listened to him read his book recently. And so I don't know if you've ever had this experience where you've heard an author read their book and then you go to read subsequent stuff that they do. And you're like, whoa, I can totally hear him reading in my head because he uh, you know, it's it's like his book, listening to him read his book since I've listened to him do podcasts so much. And this will be vaguely tech related soon. So just hold on to your pants. Uh, but like. Like it's uh, like the it, it makes the way he reads his book really weird, like because I'm used to like what his natural voice is and how he talks normally, and but then he's it it really calls out a dis, his distinct writing style, which is uh, very distinct if you've heard him talk in podcasts. But anyways, so there's two things. One, it's uh, uh, it's funny because he came up as came up. Do people say that still? Brandon came up. <laughs> sure. Okay. So he, he came up as like a blogger, like yep. so many of us, right? And you can tell, and people even called him out for this, but you can tell that he's totally trying to recreate the good old days of blogging. Like, because Substack is basically like, as far as I can tell, it's like a WordPress platform that like takes every post and emails it to you. Like you've got comments and little share things and stuff, which is fine. But so he had, he, to so much to the point that he started having open thread emails, which, is just, you know, poison. Usually, <laughs> that was my rig. You know, you know. I mean, everyone knows my stance. It's like I'm not interested in the comments. It, yeah, I, I want else the main speaker. But I think I don't know. I guess the the difference here is just simply they manage the subscription for you, like to get the money, right? That was always the problem with the. Blog. Oh, oh, yeah. It's like no, no, totally, so. totally. No, no, and and then, and then that gets to the that gets to the uh, the anecdote for the poison. I was just pointing out is so. I was thinking about that and I was like, oh, this is going to be a disaster. But then I thought, well, if you can only comment if you paid $80 a year, you're probably going to get rid of all the bozos. And yeah. like, it's only people who like actually are kind of like real interested. Fans. Yeah. 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 And, and, and in, in the parlance of political journalism, wonky enough to have something interesting to say. It's almost like, you know, the letters to the economist or whatever, right. which, you know, occasionally are, are good. So there's that. Now, the other thing, one of his free, he does the thing like all these people do. One of his free things, I put a link in the show notes, is he talks about, it's funny, he says, I want to address why I, you know, what the deal with Vox is. 
And and he never actually really says what the deal with it is. And instead, he talks about this New York Times article. But it's it's interesting. It's interesting to go read with like your uh, like like your tech disruption thing. And it even brings up Clayton Christensen. But he makes an interesting case about how the New York Times has been successfully resistant to like disruption. Uh, and, and it's, it's kind of educational to read, you know, kind of replacing in big tech companies with startups and stuff, because the, the way that he, and he's summarizing an article about the New York times. So it's kind of like, you know, twice removed, but, but the way he kind of goes over it and, and then a little bit of, of the, no, the way he goes over it is basically like, he doesn't say it this plainly, but in the, the way I would think about it is basically like the New York times had has two things that is really hard to defeat one it has a brand like which you know it's hard to build up a brand <laughs> over over that takes hundreds of years to do and and then two so so the brand gets it like a platform right so this is like you know uh strategic asset number zero for an incumbent company you exist Right, like <laughs> right, right, big brand. Well, yeah, a lot of awareness, but, a lot of brand awareness. But, yeah. but then the second thing is a very tech thing that you wouldn't expect from the journalism world is basically like they have a shit ton of money, and so they can just hire all the really good people from the um, what's the baseball term from the yeah, feeder the teams, leagues, right? Basically, you get promoted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so it's it's funny. He goes through this, and maybe this is his way of answering like what happened to Vox. Is he goes through and he's like, oh. And recently, the New York Times hired, and I'm joking, but there's like three paragraphs of names. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's just like, and so they just, and and why that made me think about brand is is like, brand is not only an asset for your uh, uh, customers, but especially in the case of a journalist, right? A writer. Like the idea of like, whoa, I write for the New York Times is like a huge part of compensation, Right. And so, for example, right, like, you know, Kara Swisher went over there to write and she's like always had her own stuff. And I was I was always wondering, and you know, she's got a uh, I think she does like the tech op ed column now or something, which is great. But like it's, you know, that that, you know, there's there's that kind of hire from the tech world, plus the hires, you know, they've hired people from Vox and other places and all over the place. Like and it 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 kind of drew to mind like. It's kind of hard to like out compete Google when they like can use their their brand and their money to just hire people or you know with, with Microsoft or just like we were talking about you can just like outsource your monitoring innovation to the startup world and then to just buy them yeah right well I think and you're so just kind of hitting on like prestige and and wealth right I mean that's I mean yeah. if you are in a position where you can offer both right and like I think a Google New York Times all these industry leaders can definitely do it you're always going to have people uh, do it now. I think he's an interesting case because he's on the other side, right? I mean, successful starting Vox. I assume he made enough money there to get himself, you know, some nice prestige, some good financial security, and then now he'll be able to actually use his that platform or his his uh, notoriety rather to then start his own thing, right? And so, you know, it's sort of like the final phase of leaving the New York Times is to leave to go on your own because your brand, your personal brand, is so big that it supports that. But like you had to like go through the whole cycle. And so, so here he is at the end. And I think that the story on Vox for him was just like, Oh, I don't want to have to like deal with editors, which like, who, which is yeah, just yeah, another yeah. way of saying, I don't want to have to deal with bosses. And like, that's the most relatable thing probably ever said. Right. You're like, yeah, yeah I yeah. totally understand that. 
Yeah. Yeah. Kickboxing. That's <laughs> that's what it's all about. Yeah. Well, so, you know, uh, it's fun to go read that. And then if you're interested in like American politics from like a uh, what would you call it? Left of center perspective. Very, yeah, no, very, I, mean, definitely, I don't think we're like breaking into secrets here. Progressive. It's a progressive view yeah, yeah, of yeah, politics. Yeah. But he, sure. he's, he's very, he, he has, what is, uh, oh, there's another great, I'll just recap for people who aren't going to read it, but you should go read it because this is, this is classic, classic Iglesias. He like lays this joke up and then totally like does it well where he's like, you know, he's like, I don't, I'm not like the, you know, you should stick to sports guy. Right. But, you know, there's all this this turmoil. And he quotes this PS5 review where someone suddenly starts talking about American politics and how how people because of the way things have been going, they won't have much disposable income to like buy this uh, this great new gaming platform. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so Iglesias is like, you know, I'm not I don't want to be the like I'm not the stick to sports guy. But the problem with this is that it's bad analysis. And then he spins several times. He's like, if you look at the charts, because people aren't going out or taking vacations, they actually have a lot more disposable income and their debt is being paid off more. So the fundamentals of his analysis are flawed, regardless of the annoyance of it. And it's just like, man, so good. It's got these two charts that it's like there, there may be reasons why things are terrible, but actually people can afford. Well, I don't know. I don't know how many stuff. people in this audience we have that maybe have like a liberal arts education and became great race. But clearly the way to make money with it. I think Matt Iglesias is one. Uh, there's another newsletter I really like, uh, although the person's name escapes me right now because he's on um, from Bloomberg. He's on uh, parental leave right now. So he writes it. But there are basically people that came out with strong liberal arts educations. And I heard one of Matt Iglesias' editors talking about him and i guess he's evidently extremely quick at like churning out a column so like for him to write i guess yeah. a daily newsletter is he can you know i mean one you got to be able to write write fast and write coherently and you know sure maybe we all think you can do that but like i don't know every if you have to do it every single day um that you know i think few people can do it well so so for all those people that got a liberal arts education and are really good at that your future is Substack. go get it yeah 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 i gotta sign up for that yeah it was also making me think like when, when, when are these people going to come uh, try to poach me? I need some poaching. That's the, the, I got, they got to stroke my eagle. This does. You seem like you, you of all the people, I think Substack's calling your name, Cote. I don't know. Yeah. You've long been trying to do something like this in, in many attempts. So I'll look forward to the day that you, I'll be the yeah. first subscriber to your Substack when it's ready. I did. I did. Uh, uh, I, I think it was last, maybe a week before last, I tried. For a couple of weeks, I tried doing a daily uh, version of my newsletter, and I'll, I got one piece of feedback. I got an email from someone who was like, "Whoa, that's a lot of email." I mean, it was it was nice, more nicer said than that. But you know, like all these things, if you try to, uh, I have found that if I more or less don't do something daily, I don't do it at all. Yeah, you know, if if it if it's not like my core paid for job, so it's it's hard to keep up with. But it is. Uh, it is nice. So yeah, it'll be fun to see how that goes because it is, uh, man, blogging sure was nice. Well, there's a lot. We should give you know Ben Thompson and get a shout out to him. He, I don't know he, I don't know if he invented it, but he sort of popularized this new yeah, yeah, concept. Yeah, yeah. So it all yeah. started with a tech blogger, and I'm sure there's a bunch more that are getting ready to go. But fear not, yeah. listeners, this podcast for the foreseeable future is going to be free. Don't worry about it. We, yeah. we got you. We got, your t- we got you taken care of right here. Well, well, this is going to be related to my 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 recommendation. But first, Brandon, do we have any software defined talk bureaucracy to go over? We do. Longtime friend of the show, former sponsor of the show, 
uh, and uh, a great Slack participant, Michael Neal from Australia. He uh, wrote in and he said he wanted some more stickers. And he said he needed uh, a bunch of them. And the places he's going to put them are the following. His robot vacuum cleaner, his mountain bike, his mountain bike helmet, his electric hedge trimmer, and his electric lawnmower. I guess they don't have the gas stuff over over uh, down under. So that was fantastic. This is some of the best uh, use of stickers. So I sent him, I think I sent him 10. So if you have any of those items, uh, or if you have other great ideas about where you're going to put your software-defined talk stickers and you either need some because you've never gotten them or you need more because I have plenty. We have we have a tons now. Just send me, <laughs> your, <laughs> send me your postal address to stickers at softwaredefinedtalk.com and uh, include your postal address, of course, and I will be happy to send you um, a whole bunch of stickers anywhere in the world. Also, last week, the recording was slightly delayed as I thought my Mac had been taken over and it was it was all over. I, I thought I'd gotten some tremendous virus, but I learned that last week, the reason I could not open my applications is that there was this Mac problem where that basically all your apps have to be, if you will, signed, and then they have to go get checked to make sure that they're signed. So evidently, many people had this problem. So there's a bunch. I'll leave the link in here. But a friend of the show, longtime uh, Slack participant, Jordy, recommended Little Snitch. So Little Snitch will show you like what's using bandwidth, and you can actually just turn it off. And that was the fix, was that if this happens to you, and Apple can't, uh, if you will, sign your apps, you just basically block Apple so it times out, and then it'll let you open your apps again. So hopefully that's all fixed. I didn't even know that this was happening, that this actually went on. So that's why I actually wanted to put it in the show. So uh, thanks to Jordy. And thanks to uh, Michael for their suggestions. Oh, so it'll tell you uh, like network consumption. Yeah, it will show you by network consumption, uh, by apps, and also let you turn off things, right? If you want to start blocking yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I, Matt, Matt Ray had to go, but like, like this would be great for like Matt Ray if you're like worried about spyware, which honestly I'm not that worried about. I'm actually just worried about this is just the operating system. I had no idea this went on. So just yeah. I would recommend this. Just run Little Snitch to have a, like a trial mode. If you just run it for a couple hours, uh, you'll be shocked at like how. I mean, I think you everyone on this listening to this probably knows that there's a lot of phone home requests. You're probably familiar with that concept, but you're but seeing it on a map, you're like, wow, man, there is a lot of stuff coming out of this computer that I didn't think about. So um, definitely check out Little Snitch, and then you can buy it. Um, I guess it's like forty nine dollars. So I don't know, maybe that's pricing, maybe that's cheap. You know, you decide. Forty nine dollars. What? That's right. That's all right. Well, uh, all right. Well, you know, I've mentioned it already, but if you want to get the show notes for this episode, you can go to softwaredefinedtalk.com slash 272. You should join us in the Slack channel and uh, talk with us there and stuff. Now, re- remember, in a, in a couple of weeks, we're going to do the uh, the old ask me anything of the three of us. And uh, so send in questions. And uh, I like I like that the, the AMA phrase doesn't have and guaranteed answer. Free to ask. <laughs> no, we, we cannot. So, de- we can definitely not uh, guarantee answers. So if you have if you have any questions or you've been curious about things, then you can ask them uh, now. And just don't send questions to my dog because she doesn't. She gets enough attention. She doesn't need more of that. But uh, so with that, Brandon. No, we we heard Matt's recommendation, which was solid. How about you? What do you got to recommend? Yeah, one more uh, listener shout out that I uh, just went over this. So one of uh, Michael. Elvis. Anyway, he did a talk for All Day DevOps, so I, I, uh, he's been a long time uh, listener of the show. So you can definitely go watch his talk. I think it's called Four Letter Words. And I'll just only thing I'm going to say about it is like 
he advises you to turn down, he gives you advice, like, turn down your, your volume right now, uh, do it. Actually do what he says. Listen to him and then you can listen to his talk and you'll understand why. So that's uh, a recommendation. I gotta go check that out then. Yeah, that yeah definitely good. do it. But he's gonna say, he's gonna say something like, turn it down and I'm serious. And I was like, ah, what do you mean turn it down? But then I was like, oh, I get it. So um, as far as my recommendation, uh, latest show I've been watching here on HBO is The Undoing. It's a Nicole Kidman, uh, Hugh Grant kind of, uh, you know, crime thriller mystery. It's a short six episode miniseries, but uh, I like it. I don't know. It's just kind of captivating. So if you're looking for something to, to watch, a mystery to unwind, if you will, check out The Undoing on HBO. So I, I, I have, I have, uh, t- let me, let me add, you, you got a couple minutes, Brandon. Can I ask you something? <laughs> sure. I, 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 uh, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts uh-huh. and, uh, they, they, they watch a lot of TV and movies and never talk about books. Yep. And, and, and I, 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 I had this thought in my head. Now this is, this is, you know, the Merlin man universe of podcasts, all those. And, and I was thinking, I was thinking, you know, they're of my generation, and I watched a lot of TV growing up and and all of these people, they they somehow in their life find a ton of time to watch lots of TV and movies. And and like we I grew up, you know, being told that that was bad, that is going to rot my brain and I shouldn't spend a lot of time watching TV. But then like most people I know turned out OK and they all watched a lot of TV. And then, in fact, these people doing podcast stuff, it's sort of like they're okay. And they talk about TV all the time and it's fine. And so it's sort of like, as, as we knew at the time, the ones whose brains were being rotted, like it was totally fine. Our brains were fine and we turned out okay. And then it made me think like, you know, it's just like, was what was going on at the time. There was nothing about the technology of TV that was brain rotting or terrible. And the reason I was thinking to that is like, and so that's probably the case with these fucking iPads my kids never get off of. It's like, you know, they're watching these absurd, like, YouTube things and playing ARC and stuff. But, like, I don't know. It's just, like, what they do. In the same way I just used to watch, like, Three's Company and Night Court all the time. It's not like it uh, caused any problems. <laughs> and uh, and so similarly, like, yeah. So it's if, if people are talking about and watching TV all the time. It's I don't okay. know. Isn't That's this just part do. of getting over like parental guilt? It's like, oh, because I mean, I think all parents like, you know, you. I'm sure you're getting plenty of progress reports about your children at school and, you know, you have some diagnostics and it's like, I think maybe this is what people don't say. It's like, you know, that's really what you should be looking at. It's like, are they progressing, you know, as their uh, cohort should be? Are they making the necessary developmental yeah. milestones? And, you know, there's always going to be every generation, right? You know, whether it's radio or music or TV, it's like there's always going to be the new thing. It's always going to be, quote unquote, bad for the young people or the kids. But as long as like you kind of keep it in some level of moderation, things will be fine and you help your kids meet their necessary development mi- milestones. It'll be fine. But I just I just think all of these things always just come back to the same thing. It's like you're doing something different than I did in my childhood. Like we're kind of OK with TV because we're around it so much. In fact, I don't yeah. even hear people. Uh, like in the parent in the parent group, I don't hear people talk about complain about their kids watch too much TV, which was the common I think complaint in our generation when we were coming up. But now it's more like oh they're on screen time, iPads or gaming is too much. And I'm like I look at what these kids do in the games, Roblox and Minecraft. Like some of the super creative, some of the things I've seen 
my son firsthand and his group create, like, you know, them playing in virtual worlds and building games has been phenomenal. So I, I even go all the other way. I'm like, I think some of this stuff is some of the most creative ways. It's like, why would you want to sit down with one box of Legos and try to like replicate one thing when you can build a virtual world that's limitless that you can fly and just, you know, do anything you want. Like that is a ton more exciting than Legos. So yeah, I don't know. I kind of yeah. come down on the, the, the period of like, Hey, you'll know if the teacher will call, if there are problems, the teacher will call, you will know. Yeah, Otherwise yeah, yeah, yeah. you're yeah. fine. It's, it's like, it's like, it's like my, uh, my, my therapist told me recently about if I ever worry about my performance at my job, he's like, at your job, no feedback is good feedback. Just keep that in mind. <laughs> and, oh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> that sounds like a guy, sounds like a therapist that's not worked in corporate America right there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Sometimes no I feedback mean, means you're on the list. You're on the list of the, like your, you could, know, what, <laughs> could be, could be. Could yeah. Be. But, in, but most in of general. the time, I agree. Most of the time it's, it's, yeah, that's good feedback. Yeah. 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 So, so last question on this screen point. So Brandon, should I be spending a lot of time playing games with my kids or can I kind of keep that? on the low level like it currently is because boy they would just love it if i played games with them all the times but i'm just like you know no, i, I know, would I play i would play the games you know play the games that you like if or the things that are kind of interest okay. you like okay. i think you should do, develop some joint interest but like there's a point where yeah some of their games and some of the stuff i think is like you know in fact i i find um again another thing that people are sort of I guess have to decide what age, like letting my son, especially in this time of uh, this pandemic, right? Letting my son play games with his school friends together is some of the best socialization that they do, mm-hmm. right? Because they, yeah, usually, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah. I like when they're doing that because they're like collectively solving a problem. They have a chance to kind of interact and be silly. Um, that's not in a school setting and it's very safe that's now, true. right? You know, because of the pandemic. So I, I'm all for that stuff. That's a good point. All right. Well, well. Speaking of TV, I have two recommendations. One of them is I I, uh, I watched that Ted Lasso show on Apple TV because you know we're trying to live the iPad lifestyle here. Yeah, so I course. got I got the Apple One bundle. It's it's a good show. Should you should watch it. I I think it's nice. It's it's uh it's insanely funny. Every now and then it's eye roll, roll eye rollingly sincere, but not really that bad. Uh, but it's it's actually incredibly funny. Uh, it's very well done. And then also, speaking of uh, independent people and Ben Thompson and stuff, I uh, I don't know. I forget why, but I signed up. I, this is thirty dollars a year, Brandon. Oh, man, this whoa. this great this great unbundling is really just gonna like suck my wallet out here. But I signed up for the Dithering podcast, which has Mr. Markdown and Ben Thompson. I think it's three times a week for exactly fifteen minutes, and they talk about something. And man. It's it's perfect. Like it's it's uh it's not perfect exactly. It doesn't talk about any of the tech stuff that we talk about here as our main topic. Of course, it's all just like, you know, Apple and Facebook and all that kind of stuff. I'm sure when AWS has their big thing, like, you know, that's 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 when uh, Ben Thompson comes in and does his like enterprise infrastructure. Yeah, that's uh, that's always analysis. that's the annual episode where we criticize him for not knowing enough, right? That's what we yeah, we, we stand yeah. above him in that moment. Yeah, yeah. As they say, you know, game laughs at game. Yeah, and I we think. should just let everybody know it's uh, John Gruber is the other host. John Gruber, right? And that's he's right, the. Right. Uh, I think they both. I think John Gruber is. I don't know the de facto anal- Apple analyst. You know, he's sort of just you know lo- yeah. long time follower of Apple, and then Ben Thompson, of course, everyone probably knows technology analyst. So I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not subscribed. I've heard good things, but I'm just like, I don't know. Yeah. Fifteen no, minutes. It's good. It's good. I need to get in on this. No, one. no, and, and and it's good. At, yeah, you know, now that Horace said you doesn't do Apple stuff, 
you know, he was, I think he was the, the best Apple analyst, but what, what are you going to do? He's good. But uh, uh, it's good. One, it's only 15 minutes. Two, comes out frequently, right? So if you listen to a lot of podcasts, you're always like, the problem with listening to a lot of podcasts is you're like, I really, I, I'm waiting for Monday. I'm waiting for Thursday. Like, I got to have my friends in my ear holes. Or, or right? if you're a software-defined talk list on Tuesday, Friday. Those are your days. Those are your lucky yeah, days. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That Exactly. All right, maybe and, we should uh, pass the listeners. The listeners, should we do a 15-minute podcast? Do you think we could do 15 minutes a day? Only 15 minutes? I doubt but, uh, it. Hold, hold on. Let me get to my third point, and then All we right. can get to the extended conversation. The third thing is that it is, uh, well, it, it might be because I, well, I'm, I'm not going to overthink it. Like, they're, they're, they are, uh, you know, very experienced podcasters. So probably without even knowing it, they get into that soothing rhythm of the podcast people you listen to frequently. So you can kind of just like, just like put it on. Being on with your friends. Noise. Yeah. Like, hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. And, and, and also because it's, it's of the tech world that I don't have to like pay super close attention to. Like, you know, they're talking about Apple in one chips and stuff. Like I, I, you know, I don't need to be like, oh, I need to rewind this so I can listen about what what's up with OpenShift or like, oh, there, <laughs> someone's like, was finally, it four GPUs or six GPUs. What do I have yeah, to know? So, someone's finally explaining what Linkerd is, and and I need to I need to listen into this. This is oh, this is a new way of doing uh, backlog prioritization. It's like the Cloudcast. So just, the Cloudcast had a dense interview the other day. I, I had to listen to it like three times to know what the hell they were talking about. But go on, yeah, yes. yeah. No, which, which that, I mean, and that's, that's a compliment. Cause it's like, you really, really care about getting all of it. Whereas with this one, it's just like, Hey, tech stuff. And, and, you know, they're, they're also good podcasters in the sense that they're, they're goofy about, uh, stuff, just real life things. But yeah, it is, uh, it, that, that I was thinking about that is, that is a, a good challenge of doing three 15 minute things. And I think the way they cheat is they have that little 60-minute sound thing. And, of course, they edit. You can hear the edit points in there. So you can always edit down to 15 minutes pretty easily, right? But, like, it is uh, – it's fun. Like, it's it's a nice format. And um, I was thinking, like, you know, man, I think if you really figured out your workflow, you could get the post-production down to, like, maybe 45 minutes or 60 minutes. This is the problem with audio, Brandon, as you well know. <laughs> is like I always figure in complete like end to end from you know from uh, uh, stopping recording to like having it published everywhere and then you can go be done. It's like double your recording time. Like it's it just like it takes a because you know even the editing doesn't take that long. It's just all the fucking posting everywhere. Like you got to <laughs> post this and do this and then you got to put it over here and uh, it takes forever. But. But we do it. We love it for the listeners. Anything for of the course. listeners. But yeah, yeah. No, that that it would. You know, I don't. I don't really need to add this amount of work to my life because I get paid very well and I got to do that job. But like, it would be nice to be one of these these people one day, whether you're an Iglesias or a uh, a dithering person, and just be like, I don't know, can I get paid enough to do this? Because uh, that would be fun stuff. Now I should add, we what were you talking about? the uh uh like writing every day now i don't mean this to be like like a backhanded compliment to myself but like yes being able to write a lot quickly that's difficult but once you achieve that your core problem becomes coming up with something to write about that that is <laughs> and if you're covering american politics you're set but like True. boy that's that's uh that's a challenge but that would be fun 
All right. Well, listen, I want to go back. I just want to say the episode of the Cloudcast I thought was both very complicated but good is the serverless data APIs. And it was an interview with uh, Evan Weaver. He's the co-founder and CTO of Fauna. And like, I I don't know. I mean, they're just really smart. I was like, whoa, I need to, I think I listened to it at least two times. So, uh, so if you want to know that and you you have the time, the patience to listen twice, or maybe you'll, maybe you're going to get it on the first time because I didn't Um, check that out. I, I like I like the the narrow specificity specificity not only serverless, not only about data, but about the APIs for data in serverless. It's very like boom right. I don't there. know. Could I, I'm sort of I think I'm buying. This will be like a tease. Like we're gonna either get some interviews or maybe we're gonna do some show. Like I think I'm buying off more on the serverless. I think I I think that's the thing we've been talking about developer experience for so long. I'm like, I think it's there. I think I think I finally come back around. Like yeah. I think I know what people are getting at there. So I don't know. But I got to listen to more podcast episodes to see if that's really good or not. And when I figure it out, I'll say it on here. All you got to do is dust off your Wardley maps and they all point to serverless is is what I remember. Yeah, they're all there. All right. Well, as always, this has been Software Defined Talk. You can get the show notes for this episode, all the stuff we mentioned at softwaredefinedtalk.com slash 272. And with that, we'll see everyone next time. Bye-bye. Please edit this part out. I just lost my, my train of thought.